1: Liverpool, you magnificent swine, we're back live, it's the Anfield Rap, Neil Atkinson, Joe Watson, Joel Richards and Mo Stewart with you until half past seven. First one of these we've done live for ages and the adrenaline is coursing, <laughs> veritably coursing through my veins, uh, overjoyed to have these gentlemen in front of me and brilliant to be back live for this week uh, as a bit of a one-time only deal, uh, hope however you're getting home, you're getting home relatively safely and if you're already home and listening to this then all the best, cuddle up, take it easy, we're going to have a fabulous time because we're talking about Liverpool going to Leicester. Uh, Leicester second Ranieri we've got Sean Rogers recorded he's going to close the show out for us a couple of tunes in there as well everything that you need for your Friday evening and we're talking about Liverpool Leicester away 2016 and Leicester away 2017 Mo and it's something that sort of occurred to me more and more it was probably the most mm. depressed I've been coming out of a football ground in the last three years Leicester away when Jamie Vardy banged one in from 70 yards like Graham Sharp so yep. in 1985 it was a bit of a killer punch and you think about that team then that Liverpool team then Jordan Henderson on the wing not looking fit and you look at the progress that's been made mm-hmm. individuals and collective now
0: I think you're right there was a lot of decisions mentally made around that period because the game after that was uh, the home game against Sunderland where we threw away the lead and then after that we go and smash Aston Villa and it's almost like that at that point something's clicked so I feel like it is a good time to take <laughs> stock um, that game the Vardy goal, it was a bit Yaboa like wasn't it? It was horrible. And it was the, the worst thing was you know that it's going to be shown again and again and again. I could have predicted right there and then it would be on the credits for Match of <laughs> the Day next season. And sure enough, it was. It's, it was. A, it was
1: a killer blow, that game, Joel, really, and that... Not simply because Leicester were going to go on and win the league. He didn't know that at the time, but you could see that, you know, the the act of doing things like sticking it in the back of the net at key moments. They were just better at that than us then. And I remember just watching it thinking, well, we just don't look like we could. It was one of those games where when they went 1-0 up, you knew it was game over. You felt you could play for a million years and not score. And Liverpool, whilst they've, they've had this blip in January, they're in so much better shape now. It's, it's a remarkable transformation.
2: Yeah, and it's a good yardstick for where we've came from this time last year, because I know Leicester have had their own problems, but if you just focus on us for a moment, I mean, we went into that game probably 8-4, ninth in the table, we were in the doldrums, Leicester, as you say, was challenging for the league, but, um, and then after that, all we had for our season between now and the end was the Europa League run, so that little run that Moses referred to when we battled Villa, and we got the draw against Sunderland, it was just sort of a little catalyst for us to get there, but it was still... We still had our problems, and it was just, it was just one of them league seasons where you just can't wait for the end to come.
1: Well, one of the things about it, Joe, is that you, around that sort of time, is when it began to become clearer and clear who the manager was going to put his faith in. So it's around that sort of time, for instance, Jordan and I gets fewer and fewer games. You know, you you got the impression it's around February 20, 2016 where the manager's making some decisions, the fruit of which you you, you will hopefully still see him blossom today.
3: Uh, yeah, you look at the lineup and um, you see Firmino through the middle, and obviously that was one of the things that he's persisted with to Now. Um, so like I say, I agree that he was finding the sort of players he wanted. Um, to be honest with you, that game just—it was the players he wanted, but the performance just wasn't there. And I watched it again and again today. I sort of blocked it out of memory. <laughs> and it, it's unbelievable that first goal—it's so good. The second goal so shambolic. You see the the defence. Um, I think Mignolet As soon as it's gone in, is sprinting out and he's screaming at someone, whoever that was. And you can. It's well, it's just one of them. Yeah. It,
1: it was uh, it was it was brutal, Joel, and it's it's it is that sort of it. It reminds you that seasons, and I think again, this is this is a pressing thing now. Liverpool still got so much to play for this season, and yet the Liverpool manager is also currently now having to make decisions about about next season. If you know what I mean, that's will now already be in his mind because that's the way in which he's going to do the job. That's the way in which that's going to process itself through.
2: Yeah, of course, and I think the fear, the fear going into Monday is that this game could potentially become the same as what last season was in a way where. If we lose Monday night, worst-case scenario, then you're looking at a season that might unravel pretty much like last season, where you just think, well, it's just gonna, it's just gonna drift off into nothing. So I think Monday night, we've got to go there. No doubt, their fans are going to be up for it. Now they're going to back all the players who were on the pitch, and we've just got to deal with the initial burst that their players are going to want to come out and sign, and, and sign show that they're fighting for the last.
1: It's um, Liverpool have had the break as well, Mo. Leicester mm-hmm. had a couple of games in there. The games they haven't done that well in, and that's one of the reasons the manager's gone. We'll talk about that in part two. Uh, before we get ahead of ourselves, though, it's, the worry is they come out a bit rusty. That's the thing. It is, its It's been a long break. It's been a long break since this game. The worry is they come out a little leggy.
0: Well, that might be a worry, and it would be more a worry if I wasn't thinking that Klopp was working on exactly that for the whole time that they were away. It got to be more clinical. Towards this time of the season where it's crunch time, where every little mistake can cost you points, which can cost you momentum, which can be vital. Every single moment, we've got to be on point. I think someone mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago that a lot of the goals we conceded have come from silly mistakes. We've given them goals away. We can't afford to do that. <laughs> With lesser less potentially under so much pressure themselves. If we give them a lead, then it's going to be so much harder to claw back. So we've got to be sharp, on point, clinical from the first kick.
1: The managers talked a lot about that sort of thing, like and the noises that have come out the club throughout the season. Is for instance, they're playing a Champions League game midweek. Uh, Joe, that's the way in which that's gone, and that you you do feel as though what this is about now. This is about Liverpool. Thirteen games to go. It's building the experience of a running to look back on next season in case it is more critical next season, even though it's critical now. But, you know, if Liverpool can get that sort of combined memory of this 13 games here and if we win 10, 11, 12 of them, it'll stand them in good stead going into next season.
3: Oh, absolutely. I think that said, they should approach the running as if it is, as if they are going for that title. I mean, we're two points off second at the, uh, the minute as we stand. So we should, we should see ourselves as if anyone's catching Chelsea, it can be us. Why not? So if they treat that as a running, then they can use it either say the impossible happens and Chelsea slip up, who knows what's happening then. It's unlikely, so they need to take that experience for next year, like you say. The,
1: the, the running point is interesting in terms, not just in terms of Chelsea slipping up, Joel, but it, Getting that memory, getting that collectiveness, getting that togetherness on the on the one hand, and then on the other hand, you know, it is it, it's it's saying we're the most likely going into next season in order to be able to challenge. It's it's putting a bit of a marker out across everybody.
2: Yeah, and I think the other marker that we need to look at is um, next Saturday's game of Arsenal as well. I know obviously we've got to concentrate on Leicester. They are the, they are the first task at hand, so to say. But if you get a win Monday, Arsenal haven't played for a couple of weeks now because obviously Southampton in the Cup final Sunday. If we get a win against Leicester and then we go into the Arsenal game, let's see how let's see how we are for that one because they are our direct rivals for this top four place. So we've already beaten Tottenham for a couple of weeks ago. Let's see how we get on Monday and then let's let's go into Arsenal and then let's see what happens then. It is it is the bounce of these games
1: and it, it is going to be, it's almost a bit of mini-season in one. And again, he's talked about it as an intense pre-season mm-hmm. within the season Klopp And the players have come out, it hasn't been a holiday camp, they've been working and working, working on shape-mo. And you want to see them take what they've been working on into this first game in the same way at the start of the season. They took it to, they yeah. took it to the Emirates when they went there.
0: Very much so. I think we want to be able to finish, like you say, at the end of the game and say, OK, we know exactly what they've been working on. Because it is so vital, not just in terms of this season, but I mean, we're going to be competing with these sides in terms of on the pitch and in the transfer market come the summertime. So if we are able to prove we can get to the top three, avoid Champions League qualifiers into the Champions League, then clubs and agents who are going to be looking at the beginning of the summer to start the deals, we're going to be in a very good position.
1: Okay, this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Uh, Fantastic to be here this evening with you. And uh, earlier this week, uh, Gareth Roberts and Andy Heaton uh, spent an hour, an hour, with Lucas Lever uh, talking to him about the whole of his Liverpool career. Uh, It's fantastic. It's at the Anfield Wrap, com forward slash subscribe. Uh, It's behind that paywall, £5 a month. I've got a little clip of it for you here now. uh, But the whole thing's an hour long, and it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Here it is.
4: Do you feel appreciated? Yes, I do feel appreciated, of course. And... And I feel appreciated because, um, you know, like, because we are doing this, mm. it's, a f- it's a way to show appreciation by the fans. You know, you guys, you know a lot of people and you speak with a lot of fans, you know. And, 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 I, and as I said, I think uh, the word that I, I always wanted to, to have uh, my time was respect. And I think I got that. You know, I think people respect me, you know, they have different opinions. I have no problem with that but they, they respect me you know not maybe not everyone but most of the fans for sure they respect me so that's why I you know if I look back you know uh, it was all not worth it but it helped to to get to this point brilliant uh, just a couple more for me
1: quick ones um, I, I just i always think that you you come across as a player that likes almost the culture of football in England as well the reason, I'll give an example an example I loved was your 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 banter, if you like, with with the Stoke fans? Aye. You know, you know, you, you gave it the fist mm. when we when we beat when we knocked out the cup, and then when we played them in the league, they're giving you loads of stick. You're warming up, and you give it again. Aye. And you know, I loved all that because th- you know, f- we should have a laugh about football. So maybe we? we should enjoy football. And, and and you know, the very fact that you're doing this interview as well says to me that you know you're someone
5: who, who gets the football culture really in this country.
4: Yes, I, I like, I like the, the culture of uh, of England, you know, I think it's, that's why this league is, is so big, of course, players, but also what the fans make around, because football without fans are nothing, really, you know, so you have to understand that yeah. and, 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 and the way that the, the, the people in England go to the games and appreciate and and support their, their teams and and have the banter and i think it's it's all part of football and, and football it, it is this you know you have to go out we have to go out and play and you guys have to go out and enjoy and have a laugh or call your mate and say that uh, your team beat his so that that's that's the beauty of football you know if you start to get too much you know serious yeah. i would say especially off the field you lose that, you yeah. know, that passion, that uh, that love. So, uh, yeah, I, I get it.
1: So, last of all, what what, what is the future? What, do you want to be a manager? Do you want to be a coach? I'm Have you not thought about st- that? I'm still
4: not sure, you know. I'm still not sure what I'm going to do. Of course, uh, I I've started my coaching badge. Um I'm not too sure yet if I want a, the life of a manager I would say because you've seen enough of them it's uh, it's very hard mm. it's very hard very hard so uh, I haven't decided I think I have many years to play still so but of course uh, being around football is something I would love to because you know I like the game and and and, and I think I can I can still help uh, when I retire
1: OK, there is Lucas Labour. It's a fantastic interview, Gareth and Andy. Terrific, but obviously Lucas is fantastic throughout. So much to say. Uh, so many insights into his time at Liverpool. It's theanfieldrap.com and the theanfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe if you would like to do so. £5 pounds a month, loads of terrific stuff on there. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're going to go now and uh, here is your traffic and travel. Radio City Talk, indeed. The Anfield Rap, Neil Atkinson with you until half past seven. Sean Rodgers to come after seven o'clock. Uh, in front of me, I have Joe, Joel and Mo. Uh, feels like a bit of a group, but we'll go from there with it see how it goes. Stock, Aitken and Waterman production, I'd say that one. Uh, Leicester, then Sack and Ranieri. moitz I, I mean, you can have your view on it as to whether or not it's the right thing to do. You know, it's, I think it's, there's been a lot of unnecessarily emotive language around it. It's a football decision and Ranieri, more than anything else, is a football man. He understands how these things have been made. It's not the first time he's been sacked. No. But the worry is that there's, that they'll, the, the, that because the players seem as though they're being integral in what's gone on, that's what's being reported, that there will be a bounce that Liverpool are going to receive on Monday night.
0: Well, that is the fear. You'd, you'd expect them to be able to go out there and prove exactly why they feel they were better off without him. However, however, I'm not so sure that that's exactly going to solve all of their problems. I mean, essentially, they are still a team in trouble and Liverpool are still a team on the rise. So if we can get up, up on them early, I think they will find that their their best laid plans might start going to waste.
1: Joel, it's, it's a strange situation. It's, uh, you know, where, where the, there's the, understandably loyalty being shown to those players by Ranieri in that there's you know loyalty to one another. And in the end, it feels as though it's almost to a certain extent that's what's done for them. But it's he must have known in the summer lest was a club new in the summer the extent to which they performed above themselves and you know and, and that's not to take away from the achievements and how well they played towards the back end of the season but they they sort of must have known somewhere how that was that, this was it that this that, and that from that point it was only going to go one way and i think that the problem with that is when that's the collective sort of knowledge and memory you can say well, it's only going to go one way but we can control it but before you know where you are the wheels can come off and you're sliding down the hill uh, completely out of control
2: i don't think they've had any time to really think about it, if that makes sense, you know, the fir- the first couple of games, I mean, the first game of the season, he lost two on to Hull, and he was absolutely terrible, and then early, early on, we battered them at Anfield, didn't we? Um, and, and I just think, they, it's just maybe they've, it, it's happened, and they've gone, oh my, oh, oh oh my God, what 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 happens next? It was just the collective heads have fell off, mm. literally, and, I mean, we were, we were speaking earlier about Selen Kante, and like, they and I agree with what you said off here It was that, arguably now in like they should have got rid of the likes of Ardy and Marez when Arsenal came in for them. And I'm sure there was even talk around Zinkwater going as well. You know, collectively, maybe they should have... The two centre-halves
1: who had the seasons mm-hmm. of the lives.
2: Yeah, they should have sucked the money and run. And and the thing with Morgan and Hoof now, I've, I've looked at them quite a lot this season, and they just look like defenders who've had the best days. And they just look no better than Championship League One quality. And, and the, the more the season's gone on you've looked at games and they just haven't had any fight at all, whereas they get the early goal within the first opening 15-20 minutes, it hasn't been there at all, and once that, once they can see the first goal, the edge goes down, and that is why it's so important Monday night that we don't let them have that first chance. Joe, one of the things is that obviously they're not going to win the league this year, <laughs> title
1: defences have become impossible, no one's retained this title now all the way through the year, and I think you see the, the the emotional, physical, mental impact of winning this thing with the the Champions League stuff that comes comes with it as well. When you can see what it's done to this football team, what it's done to Leicester, as to what it, how it's I would have impacted them. Not only have sides not won, not retain this title, but there have been bad defences as well. And tons and tons of bad defences. United, City, uh, Chelsea. You know, they the are the, 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 the tripping off the tongue. Really, it's it's a strange thing when you look back on the previous decade when it was the league was getting won almost in blocks.
3: Well yeah, I mean it's a everyone says it's such a strange situation with Ranieri, but I mean last year Mourinho was sacked having won the league. Um, Chelsea were eighth at the time I think or ninth and yeah. in a way it's similar because Leicester were a mid table side that went to win the league, Chelsea were a top side that went to win the league, and then they sort of dropped so Leicester have dropped to seventeenth, Chelsea dropped to eight, sort of four or five places below where they should be. So I think there are similarities in that one. Um and I agree that Todd title defences are becoming impossible, I think that's because of the quality of the league in the top half. It's getting better, and it, it just is.
0: I think also, it takes, like you say, it takes a lot out of you when you go to that point. With The, the intensity that's needed to carry you through a, a title run-in can sometimes be a drop-off, and with Leicester in particular, what I think has happened slightly is that Ranieri, has, he's managed to big clubs, he's managed at clubs who expect to win the league at the beginning of the season. None of those players have been in that situation. So, I feel like he's gone in there in pre-season and said to them, "Look, we need to step it up. We need to work harder than we did before. Forget what happened last year. This has to be better. It has to be harder." And therefore, some of them haven't reacted the best to it, and that has started to fester. And now we're seeing the end. And the what point.
2: you need also need, sorry, what you also need to look at as well is the recruitment that they got in the summer. Arguably, the only player who's maybe done a little bit is Slomani. Apart from that, their signings have been mm-hmm. dreadful. They've already <laughs> packed one off within six months, and Anze is the right back. Moussa hasn't hasn't cut it barred a couple of goals against Dev in the Cup and um any of the other signings they haven't just cl- clicked at all, and, and and the fact that Vardy and Mares as well haven't scored many goals that's been telling for them. It's 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 an
1: important lesson, and in, in, uh, go back to you, Mo. And, and you know, in terms of we're looking at Liverpool this season, we want to see them do as well as we can finish as strongly as possible. But it's you know, it's, it's a telling lesson. We've seen it from the drop off from 13 14, and where for instance Gerard was terrific in the run of 13 14, but found the start of 14 yes, 15 very, very, very difficult so. at times. But these that. To sustain what will Liverpool do this season into next is going to be, you know, it is going to be tough. It is going to be a challenge and it's
0: it's something that, you know, it's, it, players are going to struggle to deal with to some extent at some stage. That's why it needs to be evolution, not revolution. I think part of the problem with Leicester and part of the problem with us in 13-14 is that we went too high too quickly we went from, what, we were seventh the season before to ti- changing for the title. Let's nearly got relegated the season before. So there's there's no building up of momentum. There's no players who are getting used to winning games year in, year out, getting better, getting better, bringing in, fixing certain problems in certain areas of the squad and, and building on it rather than having to start again completely. Like, a team that's not expected to get into the Champions League, both Leicester and Liverpool, the seasons after, will say, oh, well, you've got to go out and buy loads of players because you're going to play in so many more games. But if the chemistry isn't right with those players who come in, then it all goes wrong. Like like um, Joe said, I think there was definitely seems to be two groups with Leicester. The, the players who got them the title and some of the ones who've come in who haven't seemed to mix well with the squad.
2: The only time we've regularly built under any particular manager, from my mind, was Hul- the early years under Julia where we had that steady fourth, third, then second. Obviously, we had the drop-off after that when we finished fifth, but that was the only time I've ever known Liverpool to just solidly build in the league in terms of going about the business. Just getting up that one place, fourth, UEFA Cup, the next year, third, Champions League, second, just finishing seven points off the top. And that for us now, we need to. And, stop and it. building a squad in the process.
1: I mean, I would say that probably the Hooli squad Joel's the last Liverpool squad which you can look at and sort of go, you can make a, a semi sort of probably should have won a league argument around. Not to say you know not to criticise anyone, but probably you know should have should probably have got one in the bag there somewhere. Looking at the the number of options all over the pitch.
2: Yeah, we're we're enough for Arsenal in 2002 when in the last 15 games in a row. And arguably the fact that Hooli fell ill during that season threw us a bit maybe that was our best chance to win the league and and obviously people point all to all three where we just absolutely got it so wrong in the Sandfair winds which 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 was the main reason but that season, if anything was was our chance in a way, it was, it was probably the best chance we've had to win the league, arguably, over the last 15 years.
1: Shifting back to Monday night, then, Joe, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough affair for Liverpool, but because the thing to remember is that whilst these Leicester players last season obviously played above themselves, they now must surely be playing significantly below themselves, and that you know at some sort of point that reverts to type. Vardy's got a goal under his belt now as well. You know there is the, the there's there's every chance that a Leicester turns up to face the Reds who, 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 who are in good shape.
3: Uh, they're going to have to be um, the especially look up for it because um if they if it's true that the players are the ones that have said look we can't play for any area anymore we need a change then now they've been given that change they have to start improvements and no because otherwise well they'll just look stupid in front of their own fans and i think our team can actually use that to our advantage if we can get the crowd on their back early then i think that can really start to play into our hands um a couple of mistakes maybe a misplaced pass or two and then you know their players are going to be thinking you know we're in trouble here um so we need to. I think we need to use that to our advantage instead of looking at it as they're going to be coming at us. It's. Uh,
1: that, I mean, our manager all the, all the time. Joel talks about the, uh, the 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 chemistry of the of a crowd and what what it does. You know, it's. Uh... It's it's taking that energy and inverting itself and flipping it on its head. So, you know, for instance, if Liverpool can score the first goal, if they can start as well as they did against Spurs, then Leicester will be worrying about the way in which the football match is unfolding.
2: Yeah, and the one thing for me is stopping them using the clappers. That for me is be my <laughs> biggest bugbear. Leicester no offense to them, but a club a club that has to hand out clappers every own game. Sorry, lads, but you know, you need to have a look at yourselves. <laughs>
0: I think it's interesting the way we talk about the crowd, but I personally think that they're going to make a statement. I think the Leicester players are going to be in for some stick regardless of what they do. It's a Monday night game. the Sky cameras are going to be there. The Leicester fans are going to want to pay their respects to Ranieri. So expect a lot of chanting for Ranieri, maybe a few anti-player signs in the crowd that the, the cameras will focus on. But the thing you've got to remember is even in their best case scenario, if they go out and win 3-0... They're still not going to be above criticism because they are been saying, well, where has this been for the last two months? It's a very, very fair point indeed, Mo. This is the Anfield Rapper on Radio City Talk. Uh, after the news,
1: speaking to Sean Rogers, speaking more to the gentleman in front of me as well. Uh, but sit back, relax. The news is coming for you right now. This is the Anfield Rapper. Radio City Talk indeed, Neil Atkinson with the Anfield Rap. I've got in front of me, I've got Joe Watson, Joel Richards and Mo Stewart with you until half past seven. Got Sean Rogers coming up to preview the Leicester game from his point of view with this shift in the dressing room. Really looking forward to that indeed. Uh, Going to play a tune for you as well in this hour because I can't resist. It's Friday night. We all want to go out and have a great time. Mo, you're DJing tonight. Where are you DJing?
0: I'll be at Shipping Forecast from the 10 o'clock this evening playing... Uh, might actually be playing that song that you're going to play later.
1: Really? I might, I might like to introduce it then, Mo. Uh, we will. Uh, they've got, got all that coming up, indeed. Uh, all that sort of fantastic stuff. And looking ahead to Monday night's game against uh, Leicester City. But first, uh, Joe, Lallana, Adam Lolana's new deal. Uh, you expect him, obviously, to play against um, against Leicester. And it's, it's a strange thing. I think in recent years, when you've looked at attacking players, attacking midfielders, wide players, forwards, you've felt as though the peak years aren't the traditional peak years for a footballer. You felt as though that a lot of these lads these days, they look like they peak at about 25, 26 when there's there's still the pace. Lallana is in that slightly rare breed of attacking player these days where you're able to say, in terms of his physicality, whether it's his strength or his pace, he, he, in terms of his pace, he hasn't got a lot of pace to lose. He's stronger than people think, but he hasn't actually got that much pace to lose. And the experience, the level that he's currently at, he should, he should be able to sustain into the next three seasons. And that's why Liverpool have given him the contract.
3: Absolutely, I think he's become one of our most important players this season um, and the experience in setting at Liverpool seems to have helped him with his time there and like I say, he's not got a lot of pace to lose in that sense um, he seems to have got stronger throughout his time there and his main attributes, his first touch, it's, it's unbelievable and he's going to keep that until, until he retires it's going to stay there year after year after year so I'm not worried about sort of the aging um period getting to him in that sense
1: He's a player who's constantly improved, Joel that's one of the interesting things about him you look right the way through his career the levels that he's played, that's how he's come up and up and up and that's... You know, you feel as though that there's there's a nous element to this now as well. That you know, he's, he is now an experienced head. The manager talked about his influence in the dressing room today as well.
2: Yeah, he's um, I think he's, he's twenty eight, going on twenty nine. Is that right? Um, so and and before he came to Liverpool, he was he was Southampton's captain as well. Lest, lest we forget. So he was he's he's already had them natural qualities as a leader in another team, and I think he has, as you said, he's become one of the elder statesmen of the squad, and I, I'd argue alongside Henderson and Milner, they are the three main men in that dressing room. You know, possibly. And I think it's well it's it's well deserved for his form that he's had over the last eighteen months on the clock, albeit he's had the past month or so he's slipped off a bit but, yeah, but the whole team have. So, you know, you can't you can't slate him too much for that. And I, I just hope between now and the next four years that he's of his deal that he, he does continue to get to give us a lot of his skills that he has done. He's a player who,
1: again, it's he needs players around him. He needs players ahead of him, Mo. Mm-hmm. And you, you feel as though the more quality you put around Adam Lallana, you'll get two things. One, and Adam Lallana will work harder and harder off the pitch yes. in order to be able to reach the level of those other players. But no, number two, a, a Lallana who can then feed and involve and be, and be one of those players.
0: Very much so. I think we were talking about his pace earlier. Lalana's pace is in his head. Very much like sharing, they used to say. And so him being deeper allows him a bigger picture. So he's able to pick those passes a lot better. And I think that's something that we will see developing as we get better attacking weapons in front of him. He's going to become more and more integral. Uh, all right
1: then. Uh, speaking of better attacking weapons in front of Lallana, uh, Joel, you'd expect an unchanged side. I think it's probably fair to say for this game. Lovren, the manager says today is you know training sessions. It'll be close for him, but I think that that suggests I'd be surprised if he uh, if he dropped if he felt he had to drop Lovren back in.
2: Yeah, I'd, I mean to be honest, whether Lovren fits or not, I'd, I'd be happy if he cha- if he kept the same eleven because you know when you look back at the Tottenham game, it, it, it finally felt like the side that we had. Between October and November, when we were battling everyone in site or we we were actually winning games, you know, Bar Bar Lucas for Lovren. So I think that is our settled eleven. That that is our perfect eleven, if you want to call it that, uh, for for when we are playing well. And and, and Monday night, and they just need to do the same again. There's what
1: what's difficult now for the Liverpool manager. He worked on stuff with this with, with his team. He doesn't. Just say, look after yourselves, boys. It's been quite clear all season. Joe he tweaks around the opposition. Yeah, Liverpool. We're going to see the four three three. I think you know we're going to see that established way of playing. But he does make those sorts of decisions. The difficulty now is is if you're Jurgen Klopp until you see the Leicester team sheets and perhaps even after you see the Leicester team sheets, you can't be exactly sure what it is that they're going to do.
3: Uh, no, I, I think in some um, away against particularly the season, he's looked to use Ray Chan in the midfield. I think he likes to have that sort of presence. But I think we saw against Hull when. Whilst it's good having Chan's presence, you drop him one of the line or Wijnaldum who've been so important, and we saw against Spurs just how important they are. So I think it's unchanged purely because the team can't be... The players have played themselves into the positions, and that's why you're not seeing the likes of um, Chan. I mean, I like having a recognised striker on the pitch, and Firmino, he's brilliant. He's great at what he does, and he should be playing through the middle for us because that's clearly where he's best. But I'm not sure that he's still a recognised striker as such, mm-hmm. and Origi could be looking to get a chance in the team, but this isn't the game for him, and... Um, I'd be very surprised if it. Didn't,
0: An informed finisher, I think. Which of them? Would it be Origi? Would it be Storage? Would it be Firmino? Because he has been uh, a great finisher for us in the past, uh, last season in particular. So uh, that sharpness at the top end of the pitch, I think that's what's the most important thing. The
2: most important thing I feel we need is legs. Simple as that. You've got Hufer Morgan there. They're, they're knocking on, mm. on uh, f- mid 30s. Just run at them and try and get side them. And, and run round
0: them. Yeah. Mm. Just get round them, side them, not. One thing I would say regarding what Leicester could do, one thing I think Klopp will definitely stress to them, it'll show them the Man City game. When Man City went to Leicester and they absolutely blitzed them in the first 20 minutes, that was the last time everyone spoke about Leicester potentially getting their mojo back when Vardy got his hat-trick. And that was the only time that they've been able to play like they played last season, countering teams on the break. Uh, partly because Man City flooded forward at them, so maybe that's something he's looking at, looking at a way whereby uh, our counter-attack defence, which, let's face it, has been shocking over the last couple of months, I think that's one of the things that hopefully we've been working on while we were away.
1: Yeah, well, there's been lots of talk, a couple of things that have come out whilst they're away around things about around game management, that that might be a little bit more of what they've been working on rather than just the idea of you know what you're doing when you're in possession here, mm-hmm. lads, and that is, you know, that'd be good to hear. The other, the other strange one on this one, Joel, is, again, we'll last... Uh, playing last, I think it's happened to us a bit too much too often this season. If I was the manager, it would be one of the things I'd be looking back on. But there's no Arsenal City or United game either, so it's it's quite nice. I think it's an opportunity for Liverpool to to uh, to get that game in hand, you know. And 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 it's another away game chalked up. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to the end of the season, and I think we've only got four or five away games left now.
2: Yeah, and the, the, uh, well, arguably you'd, you'd, on paper you'd say the hardest gate away game left is Man City, but no doubt because of our weaknesses being the the lesser teams. You'd say you'd be more concerned about them, but I, f- I agree. Yeah, it, it always annoys me when we're the last game of the weekend, whether it's in this season or in years gone by. But the fact that our main three of our main rivals aren't playing this weekend, we just need to forget about that. Points about on the board, time, isn't like, it now? Yeah, yeah. Just get the points on the boards. You, Tottenham are playing Stoke on Sunday. If you want to argue about that as well, but just just concentrate on ourselves. Let's just get as close to Tottenham as we can, or trying to get whatever in the south for and just getting getting a base. It's it's one where I think you know
1: you don't want to necessarily... Live. It's a funny situation for the Reds. We've all talked about this crowd, first 20 minutes, uh, Joe, the way in which Leicester are going to try and impose themselves. But there's a converse to that, which is that you don't want to overcommit given what, what happens to Manchester City. It's going to be a bit of a balancing act at the opening of the game.
3: Uh, definitely. Um, I think I think it's going to be different because of the Ranieri sack. If Ranieri's still in charge, I think they're a bit more conservative at the start. They're careful. They don't want to give anything away. Because I think a draw is better for them with Ranieri in charge. With the caretaker, I think they're going to go for the win because he's trying to impress, get the job. So I think we're going to see a different game plan just because of that decision. Whether or not that would have been different,
2: we'll never know.
1: Um, All right, then. Um, Predictions and expectations. Going to go to you first on this one, Joel.
2: Right. I'll start off with the expectation. I expect a win, no matter what, because we need to start getting points on the board. But my prediction is I'm fearing of that little bounce. So... I'm gonna say a two-all draw,
1: two-all draw. My 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 worry on it Joel is I don't quite see the moment when Liverpool get to take the game away from Leicester. I think this is the, this is my concern with this one is is I don't quite see that sort of. I I think it needs to be three. You know if it's two 0 with twenty to go they'll still be you know the, the the crowd will presumably be up the players if the players have got anything about them they'll be putting themselves about. That's my worry about
0: it.
2: Yeah, if we're one or two one up I'll be flapping
1: it.
0: Um, Mo? I'm confident. I'm confident that the work that we've done while we've been away will bear fruit and I think that we'll be able to weather the Leicester Storm I predict it will be 2-1 Liverpool 2-1 Liverpool
3: Joe I expect absolutely absolute chaos in the first 20 minutes because we've already talked about their um, need to get the crowd going and to go but we've just had the two week break with La Manga and I think our players are raring to go to they've just come off the back of a big win they're Mm -hmm. wanting to go out and show that they're the football team that everyone says they are so I think there'll be chaos, there'll be goals. Um, I think we'll win 3-2.
1: Okay, uh, excellent. Thank you very much to Joe, Joel and Mo. Uh, we're going to uh, play you a song and then we're going to come back and Sean Rogers is going to have a, his chat about the game as well. Uh, that Lucas interview I said before, theanfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe. Mo, say the name of the song and say goodnight to the good people. It's Pope and common people. Good night, everybody. That's Common People by Pulp. This is Neil Atkinson with the Anfield Rap, and it's great to hear before from Mo, uh, Joe and Joel. But we're closing the show this week talking to Sean Rogers about the forthcoming game against Leicester City. Uh, and it, Sean, we'll be honest, it's the second time we've done this. We did the first one yesterday uh, before Claudio Ranieri was sacked. And um, we're doing it again today, and Claudio Ranieri remains sacked. <laughs> uh, and and what what that does is it throws open... It's such an interesting situation, really, in that if if the the reported stories are true, that there's been some sort of player speaking to the owner, the first thing that says is the Leicester City you think Liverpool are probably going to get on Monday. Even whether that's true or not, just simply because it's believed to be true, those players are going to run and run and run for 90 minutes because that crowd is going to want them to do that.
5: Yeah, it's really interesting. It's a shame you have to at the end of the season you'll have to put out yesterday's show because I mean that was going to win all sorts of awards <laughs> like the applause and and the way Liverpool reacted to that show yesterday with the people you know, the thousands listening to us um, record the show yesterday. It's just such a shame. In in terms of Monday night, it's really interesting. I was chatting to my brother this morning on the way into work and and he said to me, you know, do you think it's right, Sean, that they will have spoken to the players? Do you think there's a vibe from the dressing room? They needed to change. You know, d- does that mean that potentially there's going to be a huge boost? Similar to yourself, you know, Leicester's not a bad home crowd. Um, you know, you'd probably say Palace and Leicester have a, a track record. Maybe in the past, maybe Stoke, you could add to that. Yep. I'm not sure about now. But certainly Palace and Leicester, quite vocal support. Monday night under the lights, playing in Liverpool. I, I think once the game starts, the managerial position potentially becomes irrelevant. Because I just think the crowd, Liverpool, Monday Night Football as well, they're going to be so up for it that, what can I say, if they don't at least put in some level of performance, and certainly in terms of work rate, intensity, and and just a certain standard of performance, then they need a serious look at themselves. However, coming off the back of the result in Seville, you'd think, irrespective of what they think of the manager and and how the season's gone, you would think that the players will be on a bit of a high comeback on the play and they've got a home leg to really look forward to. It's going to be quite a memorable night for Leicester. You know, us as Liverpool supporters, we, we'd be so up for it. You know, a 2-1 defeat away from home. Yep. You've got the away goal, one of them sort of special Anfield nights. To then get maybe getting rid of them after the second leg, you can maybe understand. To do it now, it could. There is a possibility to have a negative impact on the players. Normally in these situations, so you normally get a vibe that the board know that the dressing room, are okay with it irrelevant to that I think you're right though I think Liverpool are going to face um, uh, certainly at least a tough 20 minutes at the start how Liverpool then um, pick that apart
1: and that's the for me you're right about that you know and I, I I refuse to believe that, that that Craig Shakespeare is going to do anything significantly different to what Ranieri would have done. They're still the same players. They had the success playing the, the way in which they played last season. If anything, it might actually make it easier for, in terms of what Liverpool are to expect. And that it wouldn't surprise me if effectively where he can Shakespeare basically picks last season's team. So Mares back on the right, uh, Albrighton back on the left, and Dezi being the Cante who sit filling in there, going next to drink water, Okazaki behind Vardy. It really wouldn't surprise me now if that's just simply what he does, and he almost has this this attitude of right lads, you know how you're going to have to work here and bringing someone like Okazaki back into the fold as a grafter that's you know that may well be what happens but you're right to say that first 20, then therefore, for the Reds, could well be, you know, it could be even more of a whirling dervish.
5: Yeah, I think his big decision is Marez. Marez if you're an assistant manager going in there, w- whether he wants the job or not, he's going to need the big personalities in that dressing room on board. Obviously, Vardy is going to be the first person he sits down with, I suspect. Now, he may sit down with Marez and have a chat, and Mares is saying, you give me that number 10 role. You know, don't you be sticking me out there on the wing. Teams are doubling up on me now, team, you know it'd be interesting to see what he does. If he plays on the right, there's merit in that, to be fair. If he plays him as the 10, you can see a bit of merit in that. I think that's his main judgment call. I think you've just nailed exactly the team he's going to play. I think the interesting thing with Leicester, um, Andy and I, uh, a few weeks back, were having a good chat with someone in private about Vardy. And it was interesting where what they were saying is that the goals he scored last season were so difficult they weren't just scruffy six yard box goals even the ones that he was scoring in and around the area were tight angles and they were great finishes and things like this and and he said that there's always a danger with that type of player that he, he reverts to mean and what that means is you know if, if you're going to score one in five chances but you scored one in three you don't go back to one in five you go back to maybe one in eight yeah to get yourself back to the, the mean of one in five and you, you look at that this season and i think that seems to make sense now and when you look at the way Leicester play they were renowned last year all the data analysts in the Premier League they it's mad how they all knew it then but you have a summer break and then it works the following season it's mad so even last year they knew most of Leicester's goals I believe were three passes or less and they were really direct and, and you just couldn't allow that space for Mares in between the lines you don't want him on his left foot and you can't leave the space for Vardy to run into so I think you combine the fact the teams aren't giving Leicester the ability to play that way plus... Not an easy transfer window in the summer for them at yep. all. Obviously, hasn't gone according to plan. And then you've got someone like Vardy not hitting anywhere near the height of last season. That's where they are. Where they are. I think the only worry for Liverpool is they don't need to have a great season now. They need a little run of games. Yeah, they, need, and, they need three, four wins. And Liverpool at home, that kind of game is probably just what they need. Monday night. If that was, without being disrespectful, if that was a way to Hull. It's a difficult one f- for those players, I think. And they may have to play a different way. Um, we were discussing on the, on the amazing show that we did <laughs> yesterday that it's an interesting one for Klopp in that if we go and play how we normally play with a high line and, and full-backs high and try to dominate the ball, that fits the Leicester model from from last season um, perfectly, really. So in a way, that might play into their hands and say, well, yeah, we can go back to doing what we do last year. The pressure's on Liverpool. We're under the lights. We just enjoy it. And we take it from there. That could be quite dangerous. The only hope I've got is that, irrespective of what was going on in the dressing room, after Sevilla, I just hope that it just disrupts Leicester completely in terms of their mindset and the concentration of those players. And I think if, if we can then start really well on Monday night, um, then their players start to think. I think if their players just play on instinct and, and the intensity and feed off the crowd, I think Leicester could put in a strong performance. But I think if we can, if we can realise their fears first five minutes dominate the game not necessarily with the ball we just dominate the game they don't get any joy and they start to go we're playing Liverpool here and this is tough and things haven't changed and they start to think and have a few doubts especially if we can get that first goal Um, I could see Liverpool doing really really well on the other hand Leicester come out the traps nice and fast. It's it, it could be a long night. It's for me
1: one of the you know you're right to say we know that Leicester will try and sit deep and they will try and hit in the break. I'd be really surprised if that isn't what they do for a variety of reasons. If Ranieri was still in charge, that I would have been surprised if that wasn't what they did. But the I think the core thing for Liverpool is the movements around Huth and Morgan. I think that's what Liverpool have got to look to do. You know, not the, not the idea that they're obviously they're not going to leave the space for Manny to run in behind like Spurs did. No one's going to do that. They're not going to do that. But it's 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 turning them round. It's making them have to defend on the half turn, which is where both of them, you know, even last season, it's where they didn't want to be, but it's where they really don't want to be now. It's, uh, you know, they both had their issues and problems at some point this season, and if Liverpool can play in that space in front of them, Sean, then that's where the joy will be.
5: Yeah, Kante's been an enormous, enormous loss for them, and and the one thing with the Liverpool team is, you know, we're at our, we're probably at our best in in that sort of twenty by twenty yard grid, if you want to call it that, that twenty by twenty yard square in front of the center halves. We're not going to get in behind them with any great ease you know if we go one the up maybe have to go 2 And all up this Liverpool team unfortunately for teams to open up I think if we go one the up they may say we just hang in there to be honest I think that's been a problem for us this year that we have to go 2 up before teams start to leave us the spaces that we need I think if Liverpool can get in those little areas um, then they can really cause the centre-halves for Leicester a whole world of trouble uh, and that's where you could see Firmino being an absolutely key player. Um, Mané's runs sort of cutting in diagonally there would cause them a lot of problems. But it's it's how this is the difficulty with Liverpool. We're going to have to play so intricately. The passing's going to have to be both quick with quick movement, accurate to get into those kind of areas is is not easy. Leicester are going to put two sitting midfield players in there and whether it is Azaki or Maris, they they're going to sit someone on Henderson. It'd be, you know, you look at Tottenham, they didn't it took them too long to yep. actually attempt to try and do that. I don't think you're going to see that with Leicester. So you've got to look at who we're we going to have feeding into that space because I don't think Anderson will be granted as much time on the ball as what he has been recently. So I think we have to look at Wijnaldum and Alana as absolutely critical players. and How many times can we get Firmino, um, Coutinho and Mane in between the lines in there we can do that regularly, we could cause them so many problems.
1: It, it, it may end up being, it looks as though Lovren's unlikely to make it off the back of the manager's press conference today, but it could actually end up being a positive, Sean, in that if, if Liverpool are going to be given a lot of the ball, if it's Matip and Lucas. Because if they are going to, for instance, put someone like okazaki on Henderson, if Matip and Lucas can take turns stepping up and effectively pinging those balls into those areas as well, that could actually work for Liverpool across the course of the game.
5: Yeah, and it's interesting that um, you forget sometimes like, how modern Liverpool were in the past, you know, we look back to some of the signings that Paisley made, I think, you know, Lawrenson and Hansen were both midfielder types, mm. certainly when they were being recruited, um, and you look at a number of centre-halves across Europe, they'd actually been maybe holding midfielders or centre midfielders, now, alright, it hasn't perhaps worked as, as well as we'd all like, Lucas stepping in at centre-half there, but I would say that it's more inconsistent. Um, there are times when his aggression in there, the way that he nips in and gets in front, has been really, really proactive and positive. He's still learning the position a little bit. There are obviously other times that cause us a fair bit of concern in that role. But like you say, the big positive on it is if they try and shut Henderson down. When Lucas is is playing well, I think he does, he's underestimated at zipping the if we want to call it the straight vertical passes into who you want your as your Coutinho's your Firmino's also Matip he's shown I think he's grown during the season a bit of confidence we've seen it recently as well he's really good at carrying the ball out and, and Henderson can then look to look to cover for him as he steps in and that's something we used to see obviously Liverpool teams are renowned for like you say that's going to be the key on Monday night and then obviously they're going to look to spring in them spaces in behind and then think that's where Liverpool's goalkeeper situation has been a little bit tricky because you obviously need a sweeper keeper for me and if you're going to have Lucas and Matip doing that you really need a sweeper keeper and I don't think our keepers maybe play as high and are, and are as aggressive as perhaps what Jurgen what Jürgen wants.
1: It's difficult to see any place in the side for Emre Chan. In fact, to be honest, if Lovren's out, Sean, you'd be very, very surprised if it isn't just an unchanged eleven from Spurs.
5: Yeah, 100%. I mean, the only thing that will be in the back of his... I don't think it'll change. I think it will be... An- uh, the same side he may with Lovren being out just have a look at the threat of set pieces a little bit I wouldn't be I don't think he will change his team selection but I think second half if it's tight he'll probably put Chan on certainly Leicester last year had a, were very dangerous at set pieces Huth and Morgan absolutely massive threat Mares obviously again when he's playing well can have an absolute wicked delivery there he, it's not necessarily the biggest of Liverpool teams if you don't have Emery Chan and Lovren in that side so I'd be prepared perhaps if second half's tight and we're winning particularly he's going to fear the long ball maybe them throwing Huth or Morgan up top I wouldn't be surprised to see Chan come on second half more so for height reasons rather than anything else to do with the game quick prediction before the sacking, in um, I, was, I was actually really confident to, to be honest with you I think that a manager like Jürgen would do really really well with these kind of trips both in terms of his technical expertise in terms of just coaching the players but also is there a better manager who could have a good bonding session with the players and get everyone really enthusiastic about at the end of the season in my view there's no better manager at doing that I think the first 20 minutes is so critical, I think if we play well in the first 20 minutes, I I think Leicester just, they go well. I, I just think, you, I know what players are like they just start to think and it's no difference and they're in big trouble then I think if the first 20 minutes goes really really well for Leicester, I just worry that that crowd just, just carry them over the line, we've seen this with Liverpool where yeah. we've had big games midweek um, probably the biggest one of my memories which is mad is 2009-10 when we played Tottenham at home Tottenham were pairing we were really struggling They had Aquilani and Cout up front yeah, and we yeah. just found a way to win and, and the crowd got us the crowd a brilliant that night because everyone thought we were getting beat yeah. and I just won. my only fear is if if we give that crowd any positivity in the first 20 minutes they could just bounce off each other a little bit
1: okay uh, huge thanks to Sean to Joe to Joel and to Mo uh, that's been the Anfield Wrap this week more of the same soon
4: or Social Podcast Network.